we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. This morning, if you've got your Bible, going with me over to the book of Exodus. We're going to be in Exodus, and we're going to be talking about something. It's a very simple message this morning. It's a very simple point that we need to, I need to, we all need to hear. We're reading the book of Exodus together. We're reading uh, how Moses is being groomed by God, being called by God, being, being commissioned by God to go and set his people free. Children of Israel have been in captivity due to their disobedience. They have been in captivity there in Egypt for some 430 years now. God tells him over in uh, Genesis that they're going to be in captivity for 400 or so years. And there they are. They leave Israel. And Moses leads them out. Guys, this character, there's a, there's a character study that we could have on the man, the person of Moses. And, and this morning I say to you, listen. Sitting in a normal sermon. This, this really isn't a normal sermon. If it's anything, it's a reminder, it's a, it's a coaching, it's a cheerleading, it's a rah-rah, it's, a, it's a maybe a wake you up. Because around this room, we are the body of Christ. You are many, many, many. I know we got some visitors in here, some lot of visitors or whatever, but, but we are the body of Christ here on this hill. We are Chapel Hill Baptist Church. You're a member of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. And with that, you... You're part of that army, part of those, those soldiers that God has equipped to come and to do the work. It's not just the paid guys. It's, it's all of us. It's every single one of us. And I told the first service, right now I told the first service about this time. I'm like, look, be texting everybody you know. Okay, be texting everybody you know and say, hey, come to church. Love to have you. Come Wednesday night. Come next Sunday. Listen, people need to hear about Christ. People need to hear, Christians need to hear about what God's doing or wants to or desires to do in their life. There's not a Christian, there's not a follower of Christ who God can't use, who is too, too old, too young, done too bad, done too much. When you, look at, when you look at Moses here, the end of chapter 2, Moses has been kicked out. He, is, he has been run out of his, his family. He's been run out of his home because he killed somebody. We know the story. He, he comes back and he sees that his, his fellow men are being taken advantage of by Egyptians and he goes and he kills one of them and, and he goes back the next day and they say, hey, are you going to kill us too? And he gets scared and he runs off and by the time we pick up Moses, here in Exodus chapter 3, he's off on the back 40, pasturing his father-in-law Jethro's sheep. Can you imagine what had been playing through Moses' mind day in and day out? You're no good. You're a mess up. You're a failure. You can't be used by God. There's no way that God, that those people will ever accept you. They're not going to listen to you. they You've done too much. You're, you're a known murderer. Everybody knows it. Imagine this. How many people sit in churches just like this? How many people don't come to church just like this because they've done, done something? We've all done something. Every one of us. The Bible says all of sin and fall short. We've all messed up. 
If it weren't for the grace of God, none of us would be where we are today. God's favor has shown in the heart and the mind of every single one of us. And here we are. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you're not too far gone. I'm here to tell you that there are people who literally come and they sit and they hide. And they, they, they re, I don't say refuse, they just, for whatever the reason, they buy into the lie that there's no way God can use me. And I'll say this, today's not a sign-up for a mission trip kind of sermon. There's no sign-ups out there. There's, we're not asking you to sign up to, to teach, to lead, to serve. We're not asking you to, to go anywhere. We're not asking you, I'm not asking you to do anything except listen to what the Holy Spirit of God is saying to you. Because here's the thing, God's not finished. God's not finished. God wants to do in you something. Period. And, and that record, that, that tape, that CD, that song plays often. You can't. There's no way. Who are you? They won't believe you. They won't trust you. you whatever, whatever it is. Can you imagine what all Moses thought about as he's just out there. You know, he didn't have modern stuff like we have. He didn't have all the distractions that we had. He had sheep, he had the elements, and he had the sky. There wasn't a lot going on. I mean, he, he was just sort of out there. But he had what I believe for most of us is the most dangerous thing. He had this mind. And it sat there and it just raved over and over. And it went over and over and over we pick him up. We pick him up here in chapter 3. Now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. We don't know how many times he had been here. We don't know if this is the first time. We don't know. I mean, listen, he'd been doing it for a very long time. The Bible says that he was 80 years old. Chapter 7 says that he was 80 years old when he finally stands before Pharaoh. And it's not too far from now. So this is an older guy. Aaron is 83 when he stands before Pharaoh. So, so here's a guy who had, who had been just wandering around life for 80 years now. Not a bad guy, but just a guy who God desired to use. And I believe, because I've seen it happen so many times in ministry, I've seen it happen so many times inside of the church, that when God gets a hold of a person or when a person does what Moses is about to do, God radically changes their lives. And guys, notice what happens. Look at verse 2. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked at, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Not an odd thing to see. Fire, lightning comes down, hits a bush, things burn, on, burn all the time. Entire mountainsides burn all the time. It's normal in an arid desert climate region like what they're in. But there was something different about this fire. The bush was burning, but not being consumed. It's very, very important. You know the story. The story is not new. I preach this story. I, I love this story. 
It's a, it's a radically transformative message if we allow the Spirit of God and not go ahead and clock our minds out and say, I know the burning bush story. Known it since I was a kid. We're sitting in church and we're just going through and it's 11.38. Preacher's usually out of here by 12. Music went a little long this morning, so the preacher's probably going to be long. Wonder what we're having for lunch. You're no more paying me any attention than anything. You're going through the motions. But let me tell you what the Bible says. Look at this. It's crazy. I just want you to look at it like, look at it like this. I mean, look at what it says. Verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the blazing fire from the midst of the bush and looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, so Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. And notice what happens. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So when did God call him? Well, God called him in the burning bush. Nope. When did God call him? What does verse 4 say? When God saw that Moses said, hey, I need to go over here and see this thing is happening. And when God saw Moses going and looking at this thing, then God called him. Guys, there's, I've said it, I've preached it this way, there's burning bushes every day of our lives. I said it earlier, that we need to wake up every day of our lives looking for smoke. I think every day of our lives we need to wake up expecting that God is about to do something. Because here's the deal. He only only spoke to Moses when Moses said, hey, I need to go check this out. I need to to jump off my my, uh, familiar. I need to jump off my my everyday run of the meal that I can do with my eyes closed. And I need to see what the God of this universe might be doing and we've got to remember who this was. This was an old guy. This was a guy. This was a guy. If Okay. This conversation sort of consumes these first few chapters of the book. And, and Moses here, the scripture tells us that he was 80 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. So we're talking about a guy who's 79, 80 years old when God is speaking to him. We're talking about an older man. I used an example that we got in this literal church, a, a, a family member of yours, a church member of yours that comes here to our church. I don't know, about 18 months ago we had Keith Farron. Remember the guy that came here and remember the guy that came here to our church and 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 spoke. We met him and he came here and I had him speak, and he's the one that taught about my Bible memorization and, and not just learning like verses, but learning entire chunks and, and learning entire books of the Bible. Do y'all remember that guy? You remember that? Ted Butler heard him at 76 years old right here in this church. Ted Butler's 77 years old and he's got five books of the Bible currently memorized. 
I'm not bragging on Ted. I'm just telling you what God can do. It doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. When we simply, when we go looking for smoke, when we go looking for the fires, when we go and we get off of our, hey, I can only do this and nothing more. But when we wake up saying, hey, Lord, what are you doing? I want to be in the center of your will. Are you over there, God? Are you in this, Lord? Is this, are you working here, God? Is that you there, Lord? Because notice, only then, when God saw that Moses, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, then God spoke. I hear people all the time, I don't hear from God. What are you doing? How's your prayer life? Well, I just don't pray that much. Okay, and you don't hear from God much, and well, you're not praying much. Well, how's your Bible reading? Well, I just can't get into that. I just don't feel so spiritual. I I just don't feel it. I, I just don't feel it. Do you think Moses felt it? I mean, honestly, do you think he felt it? Dude, listen, go back to chapter two. I'm assuming you know the story. This is who we're talking about. Verse 11, now in those days it came, chapter 2, verse 11, now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now you got to realize, Moses, you got to go back a little further, like go back to chapter 2 and see that Moses was born and he grew up in royalty's life. He grew up basically in the king's house. All right? He wasn't a common everyday run-of-the-mill Joe. This is a guy who, who was adopted into the family and, and had everything. And he, and he went out and he saw it. So he looked. Look at verse 12. So he looked this way and that. Sort of an interesting connection here. There's a difference when God calls you to look versus when we're just like, hey, watch what happens. Very interesting there. So he looked this way and that, and when he saw that there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And he went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other. And he said to the other offender, why are you striking your companion? But he said, who made you prince and judge over us? Are you intending to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and said, surely this matter has become known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian and he sat down by the well. And here for, here for the next, I don't know, scholars will say 40 years, some will say, we don't know. But when you find him, when you find him, now Moses, verse 1 of 3, now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses had probably thought about, man, I shouldn't have done that. Man, I'm going to mess up. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. Do you ever say that? Or do you ever think about that? You're saved, right? You're a Christian, right? God use, If you're a Christian, God using you should be the first thing on your mind. 
Okay, I'm a son or daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords. God, I want to be used by you in your kingdom for your glory. I want to make much of King Jesus. I want my life to matter. I want to bring you honor. I want to make your name known. I want to serve you. I lay down my life. Those songs, I lay down my life. I raise up my hands and I lay down my life at your feet. I I give you myself. I'm your servant to do whatever you desire for me to do. Guys, our utmost want is to please Him. That should be first thought. That should be first on our mind every single day. Again, this ain't a sermon. This is just the reality as a believer. As a believer, we're going we're gonna to sing to Him. We're gonna, we, we say we, He's our Lord and our Savior. We say that He's Lord. That means He's master of everything. He is over all that we are. We surrender our lives and we want to make Him first in all things. We, we build our life on Him. He is our foundation, not just when the storms are coming, but when the sun is shining. God, there's, there's nothing going on. I want to make much of you. Or Lord, the world's falling down around me. I want to see you in the center of the storm. Whatever, whether on the mountain or whether in the valley, I want to keep my eyes fixed on you. That's our first priority. And the enemy says he, the enemy will distract us from everything. The enemy will keep us chasing. Listen, nobody else is telling you this. Your teacher isn't, your boss isn't, no, probably family aren't, coworkers aren't. You just got that preacher, that one little lone voice, and I get it. In all the noise, I sound like a mouse. In all the noise, I am, I am wah, 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 wah. I mean, some of you are, ha- I don't care, some of you are half asleep now. And you're adults. I ain't talking to youth or kids. Usually the youth or kids pay more attention than the adults do because the adults know this. Every day, every day I believe you wake up for a purpose. It's not to just go through the motions. To be used by God. Make much of Him. The author of this text here, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Torah, the law, is known as Moses. Moses is telling us exactly how it went. And it's almost like he's writing to us saying, guys, this is, listen, you want to know the secret? This is how it works. So Moses said, I must turn now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush. I'm not getting into Moses' excuses. We're good at that. When have you ever not had a good excuse? When, when have you ever been put in a moment and not been able to come up with something, whether it's true or not? I had a good one. It was good, though, wasn't it? I mean, we've got a book on excuses, but, but I'm talking about the simple fact of the simple. You could take a kid and ask him this. You could read him verse 3 and 4, and you could say, what did Moses do? He turned. When did God speak to him? When he turned. What if he hadn't have turned? Well, 
I think a four or five or six-year-old would probably look at you and say, well, you know, God may not have spoke to him. Church, let me ask you, when did God speak to him? When he turned? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst. Church, what if he hadn't have turned? Well, okay, he could have, I'll argue with you, he could have, he could, he could have turned maybe the next day. All right? Read it from the King James, read it from the message, read it from anywhere in between. It's all going to say pretty much the same. Moses deviated, said, I must go and see this thing, this miracle. Why the bush burns but is not consumed. And when God saw that, then God spoke. We wonder, we wonder, Lord, um, I don't ever hear from you. He could be, could he say, well, you're not looking for me. Lord, I don't hear from you. Could he be saying, well, you, listen, I'm, they smokestacks going up everywhere and you ain't paid any of it no attention. Could it be, Lord, you're not talking to me. Well, I, you, you, you're just sitting there listening to the lie instead of listening to what I could possibly do. You're listening to the lie. You're listening to the, hey, look, if anybody is going to be judged if he went back, it would be Moses. Known murderer. Pharaoh wanted to kill him. There was a bounty on his head. If anybody had an excuse. And guess he does. Keep reading. There's plenty of them. But God took this guy. Who, if any of us were picking guys, we'd have not picked Moses. We wouldn't have picked him. Because you know what? He just didn't fit the bill. Grew up well and failed. Was on the right path and drifted away. Was doing it all right and then he fell off the wagon. And yet, time and time and time in Scripture, those are the people that God uses. Imagine, imagine, what's He wanting you to do? What's He saying to you? What's He what are you hearing? That's, that's, that's a line I use a lot. So, so, so what am I saying? What are you hearing? Because I want to I know that, that, that what I'm saying is what you're hearing. Listen, what I want you to be hearing is simply God was watching Moses' reaction. And when Moses said, I got to go check this out, that's when God spoke. 
which begs, hey guys, we may need to go check this out. We may, we may need to kind of pull our blinders off and start looking for, is there smoke over there? Is there, is there something happening? Is, is there... But that requires us surrendering. That requires us being ready. That requires us... I'm going to say something. Um, there's none of you on a fixed path. None of you. You hear that? There's none of you on a fixed path. Me? None of us. Remember the old show Quantum Leap? Y'all remember Quantum Leap? You remember Quantum Leap? Kids don't. Everybody at least my age and above is like, oh yeah, that was cool. Quantum Leap. You don't, if you don't know what it is, go watch it. It was a guy that God, not God, let me connect it. It was a guy that basically was zapped in and put in and had to fix something or do something or make a, do something. And when his task was done, you know what? And he just showed up somewhere else. I think the problem, especially in the American, Western American 2024 church, is every single one of us are so dependent. You're so dependent on your job. You're so dependent on your retirement and your comfort and your house and your subdivision and your circle and your all those things. Think about it. And we think, uh, I, I'm going to be honest, other than maybe that group right there, and I'm talking about college and youth, the rest of us have in our mind that, you know what, and this is it. I'm going I'm to live in Northport the rest of my life or live in Tuscaloosa County the rest of my life, and I'm going to work. You, here's what you already say. I'm going to work this job till I retire. How many of you, how many of you are saying, I got six more months. I got six more years. I got 16 more years. You're counting down. You're, in your mind, your fixed plan is so I am doing this. What if God shows up? What if God says, Hey you, I need you to come follow me. The problem in our church and in our western world church and in America is that we, we train them. Got to have a plan. Got to have only plan you guys need, every single one of you, is being obedient to Jesus. And go where he says go. Don't get caught up into the trap they're in. Okay? Because, and everyone I'm going to tell you, guys, when you get so deep, it's hard to move. No, it ain't. You think God can't, God don't know what you're doing? You think God don't see you? You don't think God can figure it out? A lot of people don't go looking for smoke because they're scared of what they may find. At the end of the day, y'all, we have but one desire. And that is to make much of King Jesus. Here I am, send me, I'll go. And you know what he tells Isaiah? Most preachers don't push this. Go to Isaiah 6. 
Most preachers don't talk about this. Because it's hard to get them to sign up if they know the rest of the story. <laughs> they're not going to sign up if they know what they're getting into. Go to Isaiah 6. Put Isaiah 6 up there. Verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go forth? And then I said, Here I am, send me. And then us preachers stop right there and we say, Hey, go sign up. But notice this. He said, Go and tell the people, keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull and their eyes dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. And then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until cities are devastated without inhabitants. He's like, look, I want you to sign up for something that you may not get any reward. I want you to sign up for something that nobody's probably going to get. They're not going to understand you. They're not going to get you. They're not going to perceive it. It ain't going to stick. And you know what Isaiah says? How long you want me to keep doing that? Keep on doing it until cities are devastated and without inhabitants, houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolated. And then the Lord has removed men from far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it. Y'all, we're fools if we think everybody's going to believe. There is only and always has been and only ever will be a remnant. There's only a remnant. He told Isaiah, Yet there will be a tenth portion in it and it will again be subject to burning like the terebinth of the oak whose stump remains when it has failed. The holy seed is the stump. I ask you again, what did you hear this morning? What did you hear? I hope you didn't hear me. I hope you were listening. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying what she heard or what he heard. I'm saying what did you hear from him. That's all that matters. Smokes are rising. Bushes are burning. Miracles are happening. Don't be so laser focused on your plan that you miss the God of this universe. Because he ain't done. He's going to come get us one of these days. Till then, he ain't done. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you've heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.